You know, I love having our kids in here. Kids, we're so glad to have you this morning. And have you, I'll just ask our kids, I know this has been a hard year, hasn't it? With school has been all weird, and you've had to be on the computer all the time. Have you ever just had a really bad day? You know, and this has been one of those years where not only have you had bad days, I'm sure, but your parents have had some bad days. You know, 2020 has been a dark and difficult year, hasn't it? And (laughs) it's been a dark year. It's been a difficult year. But here's what I want to remind you today. Here's the thesis of my time with you this morning, is that God is with us in the dark and the difficult seasons of life. He is with us in the pandemics and the unemployment and the fear and the uncertainty and the national crises and election cycles. God is with us, and he wants us to know this. He, wants, he expects us to trust him because we know this, even on the difficult days. And so we've been studying the life of Simon Peter this summer and into the fall, and today we are looking at a story from Acts chapter 12. And this is a story of a dark and difficult time in Peter's life. Kids, this is a story of a really bad day for Peter. And listen, look at what it says in chapter 12, verse 1. It says, About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with his sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. And this was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized Peter, he put Peter in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer was made for him, or was made for him, was earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. You see, King Herod, here's what's happening. King Herod is in charge at this time. And he became very annoyed at the growth of this new movement called Christianity and these people who were claiming that Jesus rose from the dead and that he was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And Herod said, no, I'm the king. Who is this? That's cla- who are these people who are claiming that Jesus is the king? And so he became very upset and he began what was essentially the first real wave of persecution in early church history. And Peter is responsible. If you think about that, Peter is the leader of the church. And so Peter is trying to lead this group of Jesus followers through this time of persecution. And that's a stressful time for him. Any of you who lead a team at work right now or lead a classroom or lead an organization, you know that leading people in a time of crisis and difficulty is really stressful. And Peter is trying to be the pastor of this church that's growing but is also being persecuted. This is a hard time for him, but it's also a hard time for him because one of his best friends was just executed. I mean, we know that when Jesus called Peter, who who was he in the boat with? James and John. James and John and Peter go way back. They go way back to even before when they knew Jesus. This is one of Peter's old friends. And James has now, his life has been taken by King Herod. And so Peter's grieving. He's sad. And in our story today, Herod now arrests Peter. And now not only is is Peter uh, uh, trying to lead a group of people, not only is he sad because he's lost his friend, but now he's in prison. And it looks like he's going to experience the same thing that James did. And so this is a dark and difficult day in Peter's life. He's in a jail cell awaiting execution. Kids, Peter was having a bad day. 
He was having a really bad day. And what I want us to consider this morning as we study the rest of the story is when Peter was struggling, when he was going through a season of deep difficulty, when he was having a bad day, where was the church? Where was the church during all of this? Where was God? And what did Peter do? How did Peter respond? And I think these questions are helpful because when we face difficult and dark days, one of the things that we need to know is we need to be assured that our church is for us. And we need to be assured that God is with us. And we need to know how to handle difficulty when it comes. And so first I want us to ask, where was the church when Peter was in prison? Kids, where was, when Peter was having a bad day, the church was praying for Peter. See, kids, did you know that when you're having a bad day, did you know that all the time, Miss Emily and your Crossroads Kids teachers, they pray for you all the time. That means when you're having a bad day, somebody is praying for you that it would get better. If it says in verse 5, it says that when Peter was kept in prison, earnest prayer was made for him by the church. And we actually know from the rest of this chapter that they're all crowded in Mary, the mother of, uh, I believe, mother of James and John, in their, and mother of Mark, they were gathered in her house and they were praying for Peter. And they were praying for hours and hours and hours. And when Peter was in a difficult circumstance, the moment they found out that Peter was in trouble, they got to work praying for him. You see, in the New Testament, the church is more than just the place you go to hear a song, hear some songs in a sermon. The church is a family that prays for one another. And this is why it's so important for us to see the value of the church in our lives. So many people think they can do Christianity alone today. But you need the people of God. You need a family of God that is committed to you and you are committed to them so that when you have a difficult day, they can gather together and pray for you. So that you can have confidence that on your worst days, people are praying for you. Earlier this year, many of you know that I had a very serious health scare. And I was rushed to the ER. I was hospitalized for almost a week. And within, I'm not kidding, within minutes of our church finding out uh, that I was sick, my wife began receiving text messages and emails and phone calls from all of you telling her that you were praying for me. You were telling her that you were praying for our family. Many of you even came by immediately, brought groceries, brought things for the kids, and you came to our house and you prayed with Rebecca when I was sick. The way that this church came around me and prayed for me was so powerful that my family, who came from out of town because I was sick, their jaws were on the floor. They could not believe that this church cared for me so well. And And my family said, we would love to be a part of a church like that. That's what the church does, you know? And I see so many of you in this room that I think, man, we have gathered in groups and prayed for so many of you in so many different seasons of your life. Throughout this pandemic, we have prayed for every single one of you by name multiple times. On Wednesday mornings at 8 a.m. over the last six months, we've gathered together with many of you uh, over Zoom for prayer meetings, and we've prayed over each other and for each other. And as people have experienced loss and sickness and unemployment, we have gathered around each other and prayed that God would intervene. That's what the church does. See, a local church is more than weekend worship services. The local church is more than your favorite speaker or your favorite songs or whatever. 
The church is a group of people that are committed to praying for one another. And listen, at Crossroads, we don't do it perfectly, but I do want you to know that we are striving and constantly striving to be a praying church. You know, before the pandemic, we had times in our services where deacons would pray for any of you who needed it. And during the pandemic, we've set up chat rooms where you can pray with people on our online live stream. We've created a care form at crossroadsbrooklyn.com care where you can email in and ask for prayer. We've had 8 a.m. Zoom prayer meetings every Wednesday because we want to be a people that are committed to praying for one another. And are you in a dark and difficult season right now? then let your church family know what you need so that we can petition to God on your behalf. Take time each day to pray for the people in our church that you know. And we commit that we will be praying for you. And I know that Peter, when he was sitting in prison, you know he was encouraged knowing that the people were praying for him. And when Peter was having a bad day, he knew that the church was praying for him. And look what happened. It says in verse 6, Now when Herod was about to bring him out, On that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. He was bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter on the side. I love that. An angel comes to Peter and like kicks him. Get up, get up, get up. And the angel says to him, get up quickly. And the chains fell off of Peter's hands. And the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And he did not know what was being done by the angel was real, but he thought he was seeing a vision. Peter thought he was dreaming. But when they had passed the first and then the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. And it opened for them of its own accord. And they went out along one street and immediately the angel left him. And when Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. So here's Peter now standing outside the prison gates, ready to go back in to be with his church family and preach the, continue to preach the gospel. When Peter was having a bad day, I want you to know that God stayed with Peter. The church prayed for him, and God stayed with him. See, whatever you are experiencing... Whatever you're going through, on your worst days, whether it is fear, loss, uncertainty, whatever, you must know that no matter where your pain takes you, God goes with you in your pain. And as you read this passage, you can see that God never left Peter. Even when it looked like God was absent to the human mind, God was working out Peter's deliverance. When Peter was thrown into a cell and chained between two guards, it's easy to look at that situation and think, where is God in all of this? Like, where, like, I thought Jesus said he would never leave Peter or forsake him, and now Peter is chained to these guards. What's going on? But God saw and God sent an angel to Peter to comfort and deliver him and ultimately vindicate him. And this is one of the most comforting truths in all of Christian theology that is this, God is with us. John Wesley, the famous Methodist preacher, uh, reportedly his last words were, the greatest gift of all is that God is with us. His name shall be called Emmanuel, which literally means God is with us. When Peter was in prison, when Peter was being unjustly accused, when he was being mistreated, and when he was facing execution, Jesus was with him. And how do we know that Jesus was with him? Because Jesus had gone through the same thing, and he wasn't afraid of it. 
Jesus had been in that exact situation, unjustly accused, mistreated, thrown in prison, and awaiting execution. Jesus knew Peter's pain. He had gone before him, and now in this moment, he was staying with him. Now, I remember a few years ago when our son was very little, and if you see him in the back right now, he's not little anymore. He's a big kid. He's grown during, you know, COVID. But when he was really little, he, he had a seizure one night. And my wife and I, we rushed to the ER. We were panicked. We were scared. And the doctors started running all of these tests. And it was one of the scariest times of our lives. And we didn't know the outcome. We didn't know if our son was going to be okay. And we ended up having to stay a few days in the hospital while they ran all kinds of tests. And you can imagine if you're a parent, or even if you can just imagine being a parent, you know that we did not sleep very well those first couple of nights. Because we were so afraid something might happen to our son and we're constantly looking at his heart monitor and we're constantly trying to keep him comfortable and ensuring that nothing bad could happen to him. And I remember like on the second or third night, our nurse came in and she looked at us and she said, you guys need to sleep. And we're like, but how can we? Our world is falling apart right now. She said, hey, look, I'm a nurse. I'm going to be in here every 15 minutes. And I know, what, I know how to check a heart rate monitor. And I know how to feed him. And I know how to give him what he needs while he's in this hospital. I have been here before. And I am capable of caring for your son. And I do care for him. And I can provide for him. You guys need to sleep. And that assurance from that nurse was exactly what we needed to rest that night. And why were we able to rest? Our uncertainties didn't go away. We still didn't know if our son was going to be okay. We weren't sure what was going to happen. We were still afraid, but our nurse had assured us that she was with us and that she was present with us in our pain. And because we knew she had been in this situation before, we knew that she cared for our son and we knew that she had the ability to provide and protect and care for him when we, need, when we were in a, a hopeless, what felt like a difficult situation. And so we were able to rest and sleep that night because we knew that someone who was more qualified than us was in the room with our son. And our son in the end was okay, he's fine. But I learned a valuable lesson that night. And that was that having a qualified person with you in a difficult situation can give you peace even in the most difficult of circumstances. And whatever you're going through today, who is more qualified for the situation you are facing than God himself? No matter what you are facing today, God loves you, he cares for you, he sees you, he is with you, he's been there before you, and he is capable of giving you what you need today and tomorrow. That means that in a pandemic and in unemployment and in sickness and in grief and in loneliness and in remote learning, can I get an amen from the parents in the back? And in special needs and in sickness and in cancer and in uncertainty, he is with you. There is no loss or emotion or situation that you have experienced or will experience that God has not walked before you. That doesn't mean that your situation won't be hard or isn't hard, but it does mean that you can rest. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest, Jesus says. You can have peace knowing that he who is greater than the world is with you. 
Jesus left Peter with a promise. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And Jesus was true to his word to the end. God was with Peter in that prison and God is with you and me today in a pandemic. The last thing I want you to know is that when Peter was having a bad day, Peter trusted God. And I know that when you just say, hey, trust God, that sounds, you're like, easy for you to say, preacher. That's like the most cliche thing you can say in church. But I find it interesting though I mean, we see that Peter trusted God because if you look in verse 6, it says when Herod was about to bring Peter out on that very night, what was Peter doing? Was he cowered in the fetal position in the corner, shaking and wondering what's going to happen? No, he was asleep, chained to two soldiers and and, and, and guards. (laughs) Peter was on about to face trial with his life on the line. And he is chained between two soldiers in handcuffs and chains. And it says, the Bible says that he was asleep. I don't know about you, but whenever I'm nervous about something, I don't sleep at all. (laughs) It can be the tiniest thing in the world, and I will toss and turn all night long. And here was Peter facing death, and he was at peace, and he was asleep, and he was confident, even in this very difficult situation. Peter was trusting God. And you can charge me of being cliche and giving trite, you know, uh, platitudes this morning, but Peter dialed into something that I think is there. There's something to it. Peter was able to trust God. Now, how did Peter do that, and how did Peter sleep with peace in this situation? I believe Peter had a deep sense of trust in God, and I, knew, I think that no matter the outcome, Peter knew that God was with him and that God was good. And the reason I think Peter was able to rest is because of two things, the promises of God and the power of God. You see, the promises of God, I think Peter had assurance and was able to rest because he remembered the very promises that Jesus gave to him. If you remember a few weeks ago in John chapter 21, when Jesus shows up on the shore of Galilee, cooks breakfast for Peter and forgives him and restores him, what was one of the things that Peter said, or Jesus said to Peter? He said to Peter in John chapter 21, verse 18, he said, Peter, when you are old, when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. And another person will dress you and carry you where you will not want to go. Verse 19 says that this he said to show Peter what kind of death he was to glorify the Lord. See, Jesus had already told Peter earlier. He said essentially to Peter, Peter, you're going to grow old and you're going to die by crucifixion. And Peter took this promise to heart. And in our story today, Peter's still a young man. And I think he was just sitting in prison going, Jesus said I was going to grow old. And I'm still a young guy. So I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to come through, but tomorrow's not my last day. And Peter had confidence because he believed in the promises of God. And he said, Jesus has always delivered on his promises, and I don't have any reason to trust that he won't do it now. Peter was at peace because he believed and trusted in the promises of Jesus. And you're, maybe you hear that and you say, oh, that's great for Peter, but I've never been given a specific promise like that. I know I haven't. But there are promises all throughout the Bible that we can hold on to. John 14, 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, and my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, but I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You may not have a specific promise like Peter that you're going to live till old age, but you have the promise of peace from Christ himself. And that means that even though you don't know what the end of your situation looks like or even what the end of your life will look like, you can believe and trust in the promises that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he will be with you today. 
He's with you in the pandemic. He's with you in the sickness. He's with you in the unemployment. And he's with you in the uncertainty. So let not your hearts be troubled. But it isn't just the promises of God that Peter trusted. He trusted in the power of God. Keep in mind the things that Peter has seen with his own eyes. You think about that? Peter's sitting in prison and you think, man, I would be so scared if I was him. But think of what he had seen with his own eyes. He had watched Jesus calm storms. He had seen Jesus heal diseases. He had watched Jesus raise the dead. Peter had seen his share of hopeless situations, but in the presence of Jesus, he always saw these situations find hope. And when you look back on Peter's life, the one time, the one situation that actually made Peter lose hope was the night when Jesus was arrested and sentenced to death. That's when Peter gave up and he said, I can't do this anymore. And on that night when Jesus was being hauled away to his, his death, Peter could not comprehend how that situation could turn out any way good for anyone. And so Peter lost hope, he abandoned faith, and he ran from Jesus. But three days later, Peter found that his hopelessness and his lack of faith was a bit premature. Because he doubted the power of God to triumph over difficult days. And three days later, when Jesus walked out of that grave and raised to new life, he demonstrated his power over sin, sickness, Satan, and death itself. And in that moment, Peter saw that all his hope was restored, and he witnessed the power of the resurrection. And he saw that his hopelessness was unfounded because his, his Savior was a Savior who brings hope. And I believe that Peter was sitting in his prison cell and he reflected on that Easter Sunday when the tomb was empty with a big smile on his face and he thought, Jesus defeated death. No matter what comes my way, I can sleep tonight. And he went to bed. And the same power of God that gave Peter peace that night ought to do the same for you and me today. We don't know the outcome of our lives, but we know that God can and will work all things for good for those who love him. And so what is the situation that's darkening your life right now? What tempts you to lose hope? What, is your, what do your bad days look like right now? The truth and the hope of the Christian gospel is that the power of the resurrection ought to give you peace today that even if the worst scenario may come, it won't have the last word. Because we serve and we worship a king who resurrected and who brings resurrection into our lives. Jesus defeated death on Easter Sunday, but he has promised that there is coming a day for us where he will resurrect all that has been lost in our lives. And so like Peter, we trust and we wait and we sleep and we rest with peace for the power and we wait for the power of Jesus to bring life into our darkest days. Let's pray, church. God, we thank you for the hope of the gospel that you Promise us that you'll never leave us or forsake us. But then you leave us with the hope of the resurrection and we know that you have power to overcome and, uh, and accomplish victory over whatever it is that's giving us um, difficulty right now. And so we trust in you and it's in your name we pray. Amen. We're going to have a time of communion and so as you came in this morning, if you grabbed a little communion cup on your way in, we're going to take that right now. If you're worshiping with us online, now would be a good time to run really fast into your kitchen and grab some crackers and some juice, and you can take it with us. And while we sing this last song, you take the blood of Christ, which is 
the, the juice, which is the blood of Christ, which was shed for us to cover our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then you take that little cracker, which symbolizes the body of Jesus that was broken for you on the cross so that you could be put back together and restored. And we take those things with gratitude that Jesus endured the cross so that we could experience the resurrection. And so whatever crosses you're bearing today, we take the bread and the cup today knowing that they will not have the last word over us because resurrection is coming. And so we're going to sing and you take the communion this morning.